Twin Cities Orthopedics is proud to be the official sports medicine provider for Tommy Athletics. TCO is trusted by some of the biggest names in sports, and they bring that same level of care to our athletes. Thank you, TCO, for being a part of our team. Visit TCOMN.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Tommy Talks, the weekly podcast bringing you inside St. Thomas Athletics, where we'll get to know those who wear the purple and gray. I'm Corbu Status, and this week our guest is Isaac Ekroth, a graduate defender on the men's soccer team. We talk about embracing the competition during the move from D3 to D1, and the best part about the rules in soccer. We also talk about what he did when his parents were out of town, marketing sports, and much more. Now, here's our conversation with Isaac Ekroth on another edition of Tommy Talks. Isaac, uh, welcome to the podcast. An avid listener, you told me, and I'm just going to choose to believe that. I appreciate that. Uh, tell us uh, why St. Thomas. What brought you to the purple and gray? Um, well, growing up in Edina, um, St. Thomas was always on my radar. Um, you know, growing up, it was the two major schools in the cities that I always thought I'd want to go to if mm-hmm. I were to stay in the cities were the U of M or St. Thomas. Um, and then playing soccer, um, growing up throughout you know, my young life and then into, you know, high school. And I kind of started to realize that I possibly wanted to play soccer in college and that it was a possible opportunity for me. Um, and St. Thomas was the only school um, in Minnesota that I would have gone to um, if I were to play soccer. Sure. Um, and then, so it was between two schools, um, Wisconsin-Madison, uh, and then St. Thomas, something happened with Madison, so I ended up coming coming here. And honestly, it's been the been a blessing in disguise because it was it was pretty crappy. Um, realizing that I couldn't go to UW Madison, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm 15 minutes from home. All my friends went here. Yeah. Um, and it's just been the greatest five years of my life. So there's really been no no complaints. Yeah, you kind of end up where you're supposed to be, right? Exactly. Exactly. St. Thomas was still D3, mm-hmm. but at that point when you decided to come to St. Thomas, was it a known fact that it was going to be one? Um, there was talks, um, but nothing was set in stone yet. Uh, coach Lowry, um, who's the head coach here at St. Thomas uh, for the men's program, he had mentioned something during the, during the recruiting process, but honestly, I, I didn't even think about that. Sure. Um, I just thought, hey, I'm going to college to play soccer. Um, not everybody gets that opportunity, and I just wanted to you know, take it for what it is, and and I that and that's why I'm here now. So, what's been the biggest difference? Because you did play a year at Division three in 2019. What's been the biggest difference between D three and Division one as you guys have gone on? Yeah, that's a that's a funny that's funny you asked that because I was actually thinking about that answering that question on the way over here. Yeah. Um. You know, I think the biggest thing is competition. Mm-hmm. Um. And the competition, I wouldn't say was was easy at Division three because it's still college sports and. Any, any at any level, college sports is hard. Um, but once you make that jump from Division three to Division one, everybody's stronger, bigger, faster, um, and it's just that that overall athleticism mm-hmm. just takes a massive leap from D three to Division one. And I'm sure every sport can attest to that. Yeah. Um, whether it's hockey, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, track and field, even. Right. Um, yeah. So, how did you keep up? Because um, you do go from it's a transition from high school to college in itself. And then to go from high school to D3 to D1, that's another transition. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to do a quick shout out to the training house yeah. um, over in Egan, uh, Michael Kiley. Um, he really, really helped me make that jump. 
Um, you know, my physique has changed. Um, you know, weightlifting every day. I also Corey Peterson uh, this year um, in the strength and conditioning program at St. Thomas has done a lot um, of just in-season weightlifting to make sure that our bodies are, you know, staying as fit as possible. Um, hopefully, you know, staying away from injuries. Yeah. Um, so honestly, just a lot of hard work in the off season in the summer. Um, you know, just long days of workouts and training and yeah. So at, yeah. at the training house. So you're from Edina. How does yes, one go grow up in Edina and not play hockey? <laughs> or did you play hockey and just decided soccer is better for you? Yeah, no. Um, so I never played hockey. Um, all my friends did. Yeah. Um, you know, I got buddies who are, you know, all over the country, Division Three, Division One, um, And I think it was, you know, 15 to 20 kids on the on the varsity hockey team, you know, all went to Division One, And then there was a handful of Division Three, um, which is crazy. I'm um, just coming from such a well-known, you know, hockey school that never played hockey. Right. Um, but growing up, I I was always around a soccer ball, um, which is funny enough because my parents never played soccer. Oh, really? Um, yeah, my dad grew up in North Dakota, small or not small town, but you know, Mandan, Bismarck area, which is the yeah, bigger yeah. the bigger area in, in yeah. North Dakota. So, um, soccer was never really around when he was growing up. It was either baseball or football or basketball. You know, the three main big sports. Um, and then my mom growing up, they were both track athletes at NDSU. Um, so, I, yeah, I, they just handed me a soccer ball when I was a kid and then said, go run around and kick around. If, <laughs> if I liked it, I liked it. And if not, then um, uh, I would have moved on. But, I, uh, yeah, I played soccer, basketball, football, and baseball growing up. Okay. Um, and just soccer, for some reason, just clicked with me. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, just, I mean, I just loved it. From the, from the day I picked up that soccer ball, I just knew that, you know, this is – this is the sport I want to play. So Yeah, it wasn't just the typical youth where you play it for four years and then you're like, oh, enough. You were yeah. like, no, this is it. Exactly. This is where I want to be. Um, another quick little shout-out to Chad Ogle. He was kind of another father father figure for me. Um, growing up, he was he was my uh, club coach for like eight-plus years, and he's mm -hmm. kind of the one who built that relationship between me and soccer. Um, so I can kind of thank him for – you know, where I am today for soccer. Yeah. And then your sister followed in your footsteps, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, she is on the women's soccer team here, um, which is really nice to have someone kind of going through the same process that I am, yeah. uh, even though she is two years younger than me. Um, it's so nice to kind of have that, that cornerstone of who I can go talk to, who's been to the same, you know, preseason grind that we all athletes all have done. So yeah, um, yeah it's definitely nice to have her around. How important are you to her? Does she use you to as a shoulder a lot? Yeah, um, so her and I's relationship wasn't, you know, the, the strongest in high school, like all, you yeah. know, big brother, little sister <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> relationships. Um, but then, you know, it kind of clicked where we're like, hey, there's no, there's nothing to argue about. We're both, you know, mature now enough to yeah. go to each other with our problems. So I, I, I hope to be that cornerstone for her. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I've, I've been getting that uh, responsibility a little bit more. Of like reaching out, hey, are you okay? How are you doing? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely been a lot better. Um. I think that she has leaned on me, um, and hopefully looked up to me. Yeah. Um. Going through the kind of the same, like I mentioned, just everything, you know, workouts, early workouts, early mornings, you know, nothing's not everything's all sunshine and rainbows. Right. I'm um, in in college athletics, so just anything, um, whether it's you know, playing time or whatever it may be, um, you know, I. I definitely feel like she's been leaning on me a little bit more recently, which has been nice as older brother to feel that yeah that bond. Let's be honest though, siblings are the worst in uh, high school. Yeah, the it worst. Was, it was bad. It yeah. was like I don't. 
I don't even want to talk to you when I get home from school. It's like I'm right. going straight to my room and I'm just going to hang out with my friends. Which, just the, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's just immaturity. At the end of the day, it's just like, hey, I don't. Yeah. You're my sister and I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I did not get along with my sister either when we were both in high school. Yeah. She was the worst. Yeah. No, I love her to death. Oh, She's same. like a best friend, right? Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, best friend, perfect, perfect word. Yeah. Yeah, just at the end of the day, she's the one who you can lean on. Yep. Um, as long as, or not as long, um, as well as like your family. Yeah. Parents, Nobody so. knows better than what you've grown up with and gone through, you know, whether it's good or bad, better exactly. than your siblings. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys ever play against each other or when you get <laughs> get home and get the soccer ball out? No, uh, we we try to stay away from competition at home. Yeah, um, you know, at the at the end of the day, um, you know, we're just brother and sister. Um, mm-hmm. There's no competition between us. We used to have competitions when we were younger. Yeah, but I think now it's kind of just like, hey, you can do your thing, and I'll do my thing, and sure, come home and say hi. Not even like board games or card games or anything. I mean, she'd beat me at all board games and card games. Okay. Oh yeah, she's uh, she definitely loves to do you know puzzles and all that stuff. And yeah. Yeah, she's very smart when it comes to that. Okay. So I'm, I I tend to stay away from those <laughs> from those competitions. Smart as much as I can. Play where you can win. Exa- right? Exactly. How did you get into soccer? So your parents just rolled the ball out, and you're like, "This is it. Yeah. This is for me." Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, I played a handful of sports growing up, but I just I loved the the game of soccer. There really were very few rules to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never a big rule follower. Rule follower, anyways. Yeah. Growing up. Um, I'm sure my parents and sister can attest to that. A little bit um, of a troublemaker, huh? Yeah, and principals at old schools and stuff <laughs> like that. We're not going get, to get into that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, soccer, there's like five rules you have to follow. Right. Stay inside the lines. <laughs> you know, don't don't kick people. Don't yeah. hurt people. Um, so I knew right away I was like, this is just the most free-flowing game that I could possibly play. And, you know, I loved running around a big grass field. So yeah. and it, And at the end of the day, it's 11 guys on a team are on the field together and they're honestly some of your best friends so it's just that time of spending spending 90 minutes with the team yeah and your brothers so uh, on the flip side though being a defender there are some guidelines right and some mm-hmm. pretty good rules if you're going to be a good defender what are those yeah um so obviously you don't want to commit a lot of fouls uh in your own half um and then obviously for those who don't know um soccer very well there is the 18 yard box which is just the big box in front of the goal um, and if you were to foul a player inside that box, the other team gets a, it's called a penalty kick versus a free kick. A penalty kick is when the ball is set on the little circle, um, which is like 12 yards, I think, yeah. um, from the goal line. And it basically, it's just a 1v1 against your keeper. They have one shot. If the keeper saves it, it's saved. And if not, it's a goal. Right. Um, so that's kind of the, the biggest risk, being a defender is fouling anybody in that area. So just, just being smart, playing smart. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, those are the two biggest rules you have to follow as a defender. And then, you know, what John Lowry, our coach, always preaches is the risk versus reward thing, um, which is, you know, can we play out of the back or is it going to be a, you know, put your ball, put your foot through the ball and, you know, get up the field. So yeah. there's just a few things to think about as a defender. Obviously, you don't let the other team score. Right. Um, you know, when you're 1v1 battles, I know it's like a lot of other sports. It's, you know, you versus the guy in front of you. And if you do your job, then at the end of the day, there's nothing to complain about. So, Were you always a defender, or was there a move back from offense to defense? Yeah, so growing up, um, Chad Ogle, like I mentioned, was my coach for, for a while. He had me at outside forward. Um, I was pretty fast, so I used that to my advantage. I you know, had that speed against kids that, you know, growing up, they didn't have that. Um, so, yeah, there was a – 
it was a weird transition because I played outside forward for six years um, as a young kid, you know, from yeah. eight to 14. Um, and then in high school, um, I switched to center defense in mid um, where I played three years um, uh, at Edina. My freshman year, I actually I tried out for the football team, but I broke my wrist biking to the first game. Oh, Fli- flipped oh, over, fl- yeah, flipped over my handlebars, broke my wrist. So that was that in my f- high school football career. Oh man, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, and then yeah, the last kind of eight years, I'd say, um, since I was six or fourteen, um, I've always been a defender. Was that a change in mentality too? Because there's a difference between. I want to go score and mm-hmm. defense. It's a little less out of the line. It's a little more out of the limelight, maybe not as much. Some would say fun or, or maybe even glorious as on offense. Yeah. Um, you know, the saying is offense wins games, defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, for all the people who play defense out there, it's, it's the things that win you, win you those titles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've never been the guy to like need the limelight. I don't really care about scoring the goals or getting the pretty assists or, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, if we do our job, we win the game. Um, so, yeah, it's never been about, you know, how many pictures are taken of me or how many goals I've scored or assists I've I've done. Um, so, yeah, it's just been just been that grind that I enjoyed. How long was it before you got back on a bike after you broke your wrist? <laughs> yeah, um, I tend to stand stationary bikes now. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a big stationary biker. I uh, love Peloton. Yeah. Um, biking... I mean, yeah, it's it's great. I love doing with my family. Uh, biking yeah. in Twins games for me, Dinah. There's that huge uh, trail there. Um, right. it's, it's like 45-minute bike ride, 35, 40-minute bike ride. Takes us straight to the Minnesota Twins um, target field. So um, we try to do that once a summer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I live right on Grand here, so it's a five-minute walk. Yeah. So there's no need for a bike. No need yeah, for a bike. I'm definitely staying away from those <laughs> for a while. All right. Be honest. Were you being reckless when you're going to the first game? Yeah. Uh, so I had previously uh, or previously just gotten a bike, a brand new like mountain bike for my yeah. birthday, and I was like, "Oh, this is sweet. I'm gonna rip this up and down the road." And then I, yeah, you know what kids used to do is they go up on the curb and they jump off the curb. Yeah, yeah. So I did that. Yep. And I put too much weight forward, and I just flipped and landed mm. on my wrists, broke my right wrist. Yeah, I had to wear a cast. Um, for, I don't know, four, <laughs> three months. But yeah, so. Yeah. Definitely, definitely was very reckless. It was definitely my fault. Yeah. No one else, no, no one else to blame. <laughs> and the dad and the, and your dad and your mom said, we told you to be careful. Yeah. So they were actually out of town. They oh, were, they were in Europe, perfect. I think, oh. on Barcelona. So my grandparents were in town <laughs> and they were, they were pressuring me saying, Hey, we can take you to the game. We do not want you to bike. Yeah. So when I gave him that phone call, hey, Grandma, hey, Grandpa, I need to go to the – get a X-ray on my wrist at whatever, yeah. TCR Trio, whatever it was, um, they were irate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> well, no, but. no. I mean, it was funny. I, I mean, looking back at it now, yeah. it, it's hilarious. I was just – it was just young, stupid Isaac. Right. But now it's like, what a, yeah. yeah. I just think about it now as a parent, like, of course, that's your worst nightmare is you go out of, you not only not at home, you're out of the country. Yeah. And you, <laughs> they got a and, phone call from Grand Grandpa saying, yeah. hey, Isaac broke his wrist biking to his right. first, his first high school varsity football game. Right. 
Right. And the grandparents, of course, are just, you know, they just want to feed you and make sure that you get. That I'm okay. And it all happens. Get me from A to B without breaking my wrist. And I was, no, grandma and grandpa, I got this new bike. I want to try it. Yeah. I won't do anything stupid, I promise. Right. And also, you don't want to be getting out of grandma and grandpa's car when you get to the football game, right? Exactly. They're big, black minivan. I was freshman and. No. You know, all these older guys, they'd see me hop out of this minivan. Nothing wrong with minivans. I yeah. love them. Now, yeah. I mean, now. growing up, my mom would always drive a minivan. It was great. But, <laughs> yeah, hopping out of a minivan as a freshman, seeing all these older guys, yep. definitely would make fun of me. So I was like, I'm for sure going to ride my brand new bike. Yeah. Every, everybody would love this thing. Yeah, your brand new awesome bike. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's how it happened. <laughs> Do you still have that bike? No, no, it's gone. I uh, grew out of it. Yeah, I, I understand. I, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad your wrist is healed. Yeah. Um, you also well, you don't get to fish much anymore, but you do like to go fishing. Love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, growing up in Edina, there was no you know nice lakes close. Right. Um, that hadn't been hit hard by you know thousands of other fishermen like myself. Yeah. Um, so. The times that we would fish, um, we my buddy Will Kanopic bought a boat um, four or five years ago. I'd probably say now, yeah, um, which is great. It was a small John boat, perfect for what for what we did. You know, just ripping around lakes. So you'd take three or four of us out, and we'd fish for five six hours, come back, do yeah. the same thing the next day for you know four or five days a week in the summer. Yeah, when we had no other responsibilities, we weren't working, we weren't doing much. Right, um, just young college students. So that was great. Um, and then also one of my other buddies, Nick Boss, um, has a, has a cabin up north at Cross Lake. So we would, uh, get to go up there, uh, during the summer and the fishing there is completely different from, from what it is here. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the fishing is just the pressure. There's no pressure on the lake. So you're catching every single cast. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. Yeah. It was great. But now I've, it's, it's been hard to get out, get out to fish just cause, you know, with school and soccer and right. just other working responsibilities, it's just been a lot harder to to do those fun activities with your friends. Yeah. Well, you mentioned maturity earlier. That comes with maturity, right? Mm-hmm. Making the decisions for, okay, yes, I love fishing, but if I really want to be great at soccer, if I really want to get the job I want, these are the decisions I have to make. Yeah. Yeah. Just putting the, you know, the fun things aside for, for a second. You know, there is obviously a time and place for fun activities, but mm-hmm. you got to you know, at our age, you know, put the, put the things, you know, first that are going to, you know, push, push you farther in life. And, yeah. you know, fishing every day for five hours a day is not something that I can do as a 22 year old now. Right. Um, you know, there will come a day where, you know, once, once I retire that I will be able to do that again, but, yeah. you know, I had that fun for the last 20 years of my life. So yeah, it just comes that time of working. Oh, with the Tommy education, you know, you're going to make those big bucks real fast. Yep. You're going to have lots <laughs> that, of free time. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Yeah. That's what, definitely the plan. What do you want to do once you graduate? So I'm actually doing financial advising right now. Okay. Um, But I'm a marketing major at heart. Um, I love marketing. Yeah. I would love to do some sort of marketing for uh, MLS club. Mm-hmm. Um, But that you have to have a lot of experience to, you know, get to those those major leagues like, you know, obviously NFL, MLB, you have to have some sort of marketing experience. Um, so, you know, hopefully starting low. Um, I did an internship for a local uh, USL2 club called Minneapolis City a yeah. couple years back, which was great um, with Dan Hodeman. Um, so hopefully kind of just working my way up through the, through the U.S. soccer ranks of, you know, USL2, USL1, maybe USL Championship, which is the 
one step below uh, MLS, yeah. and then hopefully at some point maybe reaching MLS, which would be great. Just yep. maybe staying here for Minnesota United, um, ticket sales, just honestly any any anything I can do to get my foot in the door would be great. Yeah, well, if you can market for a USL two club, I mean those are the ch- most challenging ones, mm-hmm. right? What were some of the biggest challenges you faced when you were were marketing for for the Minnesota? What tell me the name Mi- of the game? Uh, Minneapolis City. Yeah, Minneapolis City. Um, yeah, so it's it's a very small local club, mm-hmm. but I'm, I w- actually I wouldn't say very small. Um, it's probably one of the bigger clubs around the city for USL uh, too. Yeah. Um, you know that being stationed, uh, located right here in Minneapolis, it kind of has a outreach to you know all the Twin Cities area. Um, but honestly, the biggest the biggest thing that we were trying to do is ticket increase ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Um, so we played Augsburg. So I was also on the team at the same time. So it was oh, little, okay. it was, yeah, so it was a little difficult. Yeah. Um, Come see me play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, increasing ticket sales was the was the number one thing that we were trying to do. And you know, the hardest the hardest part is just the outreach. Yeah. Because the people who you're reaching and already come to your games are. You know, it's a couple hundred people, but we want to get a couple thousand people. Right. Um, and it's just finding that market of the people who are interested in soccer, but also have little kids who would also come to the game. Right. Was our biggest. We were trying to reach that market of families who are maybe not doing anything on a, on a Saturday night. Um, instead of going to the biggest battle was instead of going to Minna, uh, Minnesota United game, which is the MLS team here. Right. How could we get them to come to our game first, and then possibly go to you know the Minnesota United game? Because no one's yeah. going to give up going to a professional soccer game over a local small club, right? Um, so yeah, that, I mean that was the biggest challenge is just getting that outreach of how can we increase ticket sales? Yeah, I mean if you can find a way to increase ticket sales, you will always have a job. Exactly, that's a, which that's is way to do it. Yeah, uh, let's go into some of the stuff on St. Thomas's campus. You have yeah. a favorite spot on campus? Yeah. Um, so I've never really been a library guy. I'm gonna yeah. be honest with you. That's okay. Um, I never really stepped foot in that my freshman, sophomore, junior, <laughs> senior year. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> so come my fifth year, I've really enjoyed the first floor of the library. Good for you. Um, so you're making your way to the first floor, then maybe the second. And yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> um. So so the best thing about the first floor is they have the dual monitors. Mm-hmm. Um. That are linked together, so you can have like your email on one and Canvas on another. Yeah. Um. So it's uh, it's a lot more beneficial than just sitting in my room and working on one computer when when I can be doing, you know, two things at once. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's for the school side. I mean, my parents are gonna love to hear that. Yes. Um. <laughs> and then you know South Campus mm-hmm. or uh, South Field, I should say, yeah. uh, more more particular, um, which is where the soccer field is. Um, and our locker room, and our weight, and we do weights over there, and the McCarthy gym where we do futsal in the winter. Um, I've spent most of my time here at St. Thomas on South Campus and South Field. Yeah. Um, you know, just the locker room, the early mornings with the guys, you know, the early soccer practices with with the guys as well. Um, it's just, yeah, it's been great. I've I've loved every single minute of it, and I wouldn't change it for the world. So, those are definitely two places where I've kind of found myself a lot mm-hmm. uh, more recently. I've never. I'm not a huge coffee guy, so I can't say like the stacks and the library or the loft and right. um, uh, the student center. But 
Definitely, definitely South Campus and the li- the first floor, not the second, not third. First floor of the library. First floor of the library. Where, where, they, where they got the dual monitors. The dual monitors, yeah. man. Especially if you're doing like a research paper or anything where you have to reference anything. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's the it's best awesome. having those two monitors. Yeah, because you can just flip flip over to one monitor where you need yeah. your you know citations back to the right. Yeah. Where you're writing the paper, it's it's awesome. It's a wonderful. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite Tommy sport outside of your own? Yeah, uh, I'd say hockey. You know, like growing up in Edina, all my buddies played hockey, like yeah. I mentioned. So it was kind of always in the background of what I what I was interested in. Um, and then I also now have a bunch of buddies on the team. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Liam Malmquist, Ryder, Ryder Donovan, uh, BSF, yeah. uh, Cooper Gay, just those guys, Cam Recchi. So um, I like to follow what they what they've been doing. Um, obviously, they're killing it right now. They won their first game against St. Cloud State. Yeah. You know, seventh in the country. That was unbelievable. Unfortunately, lost the second game, but it was, it, was, it was a close game. So I'm yeah. not, I'll be rooting for him this year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, I, I root for every St. Thomas team. Right. I mean, it's just that St. Thomas community. Yeah, that's what I've really noticed. And I've talked about this on other podcasts is that everybody seems to be aware and know what's going on in the rest of Tommy Sports. It's not a bunch of silos. It is that community. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, the size of St. Thomas is really kind of what makes that go. Mm-hmm. St. Thomas isn't a massive school. We don't have a you know, massive undergrad population um, or grad population or honestly student athlete population. Um, so being able to just hop on, you know, St. Thomas sports and seeing what, seeing what happens is, is, is great when it comes to, you know, the connections, connections between teams. Yeah. Um, and also like having, you know, a women's soccer team here with my sister on the team, it's a lot yeah. more, it's a lot easier to be connected with them as well. Um, I've gotten to know a lot of her teammates. A lot of her friends are not my friends. Yeah. Um, she lives right down the street from me with, with a bunch of her soccer teammates. And, yeah. um, there's one girl in particular, Jasmine Gates, she's a fifth year like myself. So she, she's been here all five years, um, just like me. So we've kind of, you know, stayed, stayed close. Yeah. There's something to having somebody else going through that fifth year, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's different being a fifth year. You, you still have, you didn't make it through in the four, like everybody else. I mean, that's gotta be a little different, yeah. a different experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. So like, like, like I mentioned having Jasmine Gates, uh, there's also another kid on my, on the men's team, Wes Lawrence, mm-hmm. um, who's a fifth year as well. Um, so kind of going through this process, um, together and not feeling alone in these tough times. I mean, obviously we're not we're not performing great right now. We're two four and two or two five and two. Um, so yeah, just being able to lean on the other the, the other uh, folks who have been here for five plus years is just something that's kind of pushing me through the the tough times. So what has that been like going from? Because you know everything at St. Thomas was near the top of the Mayak. Top, the top yeah. yeah. And now it, I mean, it has been a slow. Uh, move to having success what has that been like for you as a as a student athlete yeah it's been hard um but honestly then at the end of the day I love the competition um you know I think competition brings out the best in everybody um so there's nothing I would trade for it yeah. I mean I, I don't get me wrong winning's winning winning's great um so you know my first year freshman year at division three we were we had won 90 percent of our games yeah um and then to flip and winning only, I'd say, I mean, our record's horrible in Division One, um, but we're trending in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, to answer your question, it's definitely been hard. There's, yeah. been, there's been ups and down, downs, ebbs and flows, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's just the competition that brings out the best, like I said. So, yeah. I mean, I, I love it. 
solace in seeing those improvements as you go too, I mm -hmm. would imagine. Yeah, it's just the small little things. You know, to how is the team eating? How are we traveling? How are we practicing? Because you practice like you play. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's the you know the the details. It's the small things that that are what you know are gonna at the end of the day lead us to the wins. Um, so it's like I mentioned, how is the team traveling? Are we getting enough sleep? Are we eating the right things? And yeah. I think our team is 100% traveling or trending in the right direction. All right, let's talk about eating, eating yeah. the right things. Uh, and maybe this isn't the right thing. I don't know. I'll mm -hmm. let you tell me. What's your favorite food? Mm. I love gumbo. Yeah. Southern gumbo. Yeah. Um, my, so my mom, growing up, she used to make it a ton. Okay. Um, it's just one of those. Why'd she stop? Well, no, she still does. Okay, good. She still does. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just the just the southern comfort food. Yeah. Um, Is she from there? How, no. how did she get she's, into it? She's from Fairmont, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. That's um, pretty far away from the south. <laughs> yeah, very far. Um, so my grandma was a was a big cooker, or I should say is a big cooker. Yeah. Um, so I think my mom kind of picked that up from her. Um, she has a lot of her old recipes. I don't mm. think gumbo is one of them. Yeah. But I think one day my mom was just like, I'm going to try and you know, just start creating my own cookbook, yeah. my own recipes for my family. And... Um, you know, she started making this gumbo with rice, and I was like, this is unbelievable, Mom. Yeah. And then she starts making, like, shrimp etouffee, which is kind of the same as gumbo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, i definitely say gumbo is, like, oh. kind of – I mean, that's a winter dish. Yeah. Just because it's so heavy and rich and thick. But yeah. um, for, like, a summer dish, I'd say just, like, street tacos, mm -hmm. um, corn tortilla, some yeah. protein, whatever it may be, um, and then cilantro and cilantro and onion. Yeah, just keep it simple. Yep, exactly. Yeah, gumbo is amazing. Uh, are you much of a cook yourself? Yeah, I yeah. I, yeah, I definitely love to cook. Yeah. Um, I try to find times. It's 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 very hard during the school year to find times to cook because when I come home from five hours of class and waking up at six thirty for practice, it's kind of the last thing on the agenda is to cook a nice meal. Right. Um, but I would I would definitely say I do enjoy cooking. I like to make. I mean, like every athlete. I'd say it's just chicken and rice and eggs and stuff like that. <laughs> right. um, but I do try to kind of tailor or, f you know, move away from this, the basic stuff like that and try to make, you know, steak, fajitas, stuff, just, you know, a yeah. whole different plethora of things. Do you like do you like the experimenting, experimental process of finding stuff, or do you prefer to follow a recipe? I, I like to follow a recipe. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, I never really, like, was the one to, like, throw a bunch of spices together and hopefully it worked. Right. Um, I would go on to, like, Pinterest and just type up, like, comfort food or, yeah. you know, Western cuisine or something like that and just try to find, you know, a recipe that I had the ingredients for. I really, I really don't like to go to the grocery store that often. <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of find it a hassle. But, yeah, I definitely like to go on to, you know, websites and just try to find that recipe. Sure. And kind of nail it down on the, on that. Do you like to cook for your team, too? Um, big groups or do you prefer a little nah, bit prefer, more intimate? I mean, it's kind of selfish, but I do prefer cooking for myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I would love to cook for my team. It's just, there's 30 guys on a team and right. it's, it, it would be hard to cook a nice, like nice meal. And it would also cost a lot of money to, yes. to cook a nice meal for 30 guys, like salmon and rice or yeah. shrimp or just anything like pr any protein for 30 guys is going to cost you an arm and a leg yeah, nowadays. So. Pretty penny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you don't probably have any pots big enough for any no, of that. No. Right. Here's a grain of rice for you and a grain of rice for you <laughs> yeah. and a grain of rice for you. Rice rice yeah. is actually nice and cheap, but it's yeah. just the other stuff. It's the spices and the seasonings and the protein and the yeah. vegetables that are going to cost you the. Yeah, if you're going to make it good, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, favorite movie? Favorite movie. 
That's a that's a great question. It's been it's been going back and forth. Okay. I like Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Um, I like Interstellar a lot. Okay. Um, I just like the you know the, the movies that make you think. Yes. I should say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ones that it's not just like sit there and watch a picture on a screen. I like the ones that are, um, gonna make you, you know, question what's gonna happen next. Sure. A little bit more into it. A little bit more. Um, yeah. I don't want to say intelligent, but something that uh, will. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Engage you. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'm, a- I'm actually watching a great TV series right now. It's called The 100. Okay. I don't know if, have you ever heard of that? No. Um, so it's about, so shout out Charlie Holden. He's the one who put me on it, uh, soccer teammate, my roommate actually. Um, it's about 100 kids who are criminals up in space. So it's like 5,000 people are from space. Not from space, sorry. Um, live in space. Um, they went up there after a nuclear war happened on Earth okay. 100 years prior. And then they send a hundred a hundred of these kids, not kids, they're probably my age, college students, sure, um, down to Earth to see if it's uh, inhabitable again. Right. And then they go through a bunch of different challenges of like getting the parents back down to Earth, and they get supplies, and then battle these other people who are down on Earth, and it's just yeah. it's crazy. So. What's it, what what is it on? Uh, Netflix. Netflix. So everyone who has a Netflix uh, yeah, the hundred. subscription, yep, the one hundred. Right. It's great. Yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, are you much of a reader? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, no. <laughs> never, never have been. I don't know why yeah. I said yeah. Um, the reason why I said yeah is because I'm actually reading a book right now. Okay. Um, I'm sure 85% of guys have read this book. It's Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. That's what I've he- I'm hearing more and more about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, very encouraging uh, to hear his story growing up and how... I mean, I've to be honest, I have no, I have no connection to what he went through. Right. Um, so I can't like put myself in his shoes. Um, but just to hear what he went through and, and where he's at now is just—it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the, arguably one of the greatest athletes, uh, not professional sports-wise, but to be able to run these ultra marathons and, yeah. you know, 150 miles in 48 hours barefoot—it's just. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're looking for a great read, um, just something to, you know, put you to sleep at night, I think that would be a great book. Yeah. Is it the inspiration that draws you into it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one of my buddies, Nick Boss, I know I mentioned him earlier from, from high school. He's kind of the one who put me on the book. Um, he said, Hey, you should read this. Cause I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm not doing it enough. Mm -hmm. Um, well, you just discovered the library, man. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's going to take a while. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so yeah, he put me on the book and I was just yeah, it's just inspirational. Yeah. It's just something that like I mentioned, I can't connect to it on a personal level, but just to understand what he went through and where he's at now and the you know, knowing that the mind can go so much farther mm-hmm. um, you know, than what the body is capable of doing. Um, is just it's crazy to think about. How many times have you run into that as an athlete where it has come down to your mind either making the decision that you can go on or that you can't. Yeah. Um, I think it, I mean, it happens in everyday life, mm-hmm. I'd say. You know, going through, you know, a soccer game, a tough soccer game like Drake last night. You know, we're, di- we're down 2-0 and, you know, we're pushing as hard as we can in the 85th minute. And I'm like, take, like I want to be, I want to I go sit on the bench right now. Right. Like, I'm exhausted. I've, just, I've, yeah. I've played 85 minutes and I'm, yeah, like you said, gassed. But just to know that, like, your mind is such a pow- powerful thing and can push you the last five, ten minutes of the game. Yeah. Even though you're down 2-0 and you want to quit, 
it's those last five ten minutes that just like show your character, mm-hmm. and I think that that's where, you know, reading a reading a book like you know Can't Hear Me by David Goggins or you know other other inspirational books is just so helpful for not only a student athlete, but also students, you know, and, and people as well. Just because it happens in everyday life where it's like, hey, yeah. I got knocked down by the world today, but I and I don't really want to get back up, but I have to, yeah, because that's just life, and it just it happens to everybody. All right, so that seems like a good segue then. As you embark on your final year here, uh, what do you want your legacy to be at St. Thomas? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's a hard question. Um, I don't think I've done, you know, I, I haven't put up the numbers. I, and like I, like I mentioned, I've never been the goal scorer or the assist maker. Um, so I'm not going to leave my legacy in that regard. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be... I'm not, I'm not going to be the one on the billboards or the, or the record books as I'm looking here at the indoor track and field records. Right. Um, but I think Coach Lowry says it best. This group that we have right now is going to be the segue to, you know, to what is to come uh, in the Division One era for men's soccer. And I think my – so my first year um, in the Division One level was the first year anyone's ever jumped from Division Three to Division One ever. Right. Um, so just to say that I've been on that team and a part of that team – yeah. Um, it's just something that, you know, it, it, it won't be beatable in my words. Yeah. I'm like, I, I won't be able to do something in my life that's greater than that. So I think that that's a legacy I want to want to leave here. Um, you know, I hope that people remember me for, you know, who I am, not like what, not what I did on the soccer field. Sure. Just, you know, the friend, the friends, the family that are around me is just and, and the connections. Well, that's a great answer, Isaac. Great meeting you. Best of luck the rest of this year. Thanks for your time, man. Yeah, no, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me.